0: Happy Monday, everybody! We have a special guest in the house today. It's me and Maggie, of course, <laughs> and we have Rebecca. Um, do you want to like do a little intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. I always find intros hard. I'm not gonna lie. But um, <laughs> hi, my name is Rebecca. Um, but yeah, most people call me Becca or Rebecca. Um, 24. Live in London. Hi. Um, know Ellie from secondary school um yeah she was basically one of the first friends I made because we didn't really have a choice um because <laughs> <laughs> we were like in all of the same classes together and because mm-hmm. we came like our names are next to each other in the register so we were like always partners or on the same table I think we Loki had like that little joke that we actually didn't like each other um uh, because we were just tired of being with each other but obviously we became good friends mm-hmm. and yeah the rest is history
2: Isn't it mad how, like, just based on register, it means that you're paired up with someone and then it means your friends, like, how long, like like a decade on, like, that's actually crazy.
1: This is literally,
0: yeah, what we spoke about last week, because we were saying how when you grow up, you literally select your friends based Mm -hmm. on such niche parts of them, whereas when you're younger, it just, it just happens.
1: Definitely. Like, it's just based on proximity. Like, if I had, if my surname began with, like, C or something, like, I wouldn't, like, me and Ellie probably wouldn't be friends. Like, that's just crazy to think about it. No, it's so
2: weird. Okay, so let's kind of start. Obviously, this podcast is all about navigating our 20s and it's it's we're all at the ghetto of the start of the career like we're all trying to figure it out so what did you do at the start of your career what kind of job did you have and why did you choose to go into that
1: um yeah so <clears throat> sorry so I um I graduated in 2020 um when I graduated I had like no idea what I wanted to do um I studied geography um, shout out to all the geographers come Ooh! on <laughs> yeah, of the best all of us <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just quick side note definitely the best subject ever no one can tell me otherwise but um yeah I studied geography finished it and had no idea what I wanted to do um also finished like all of us I think during lockdown so um it was just a really really weird time I didn't have a grad job lined up didn't have anything lined up to be fair. Um, so yeah, I just I needed experience and I needed money. Like it was as simple as that. So I was kind of just looking generally. But um I've always because I've like gen like human geography, social side is my thing. So I knew that I wanted to kind of work either in the not-for-profit sector or public sector, because I just feel like that's where my values align. And I wanted to work in a place where you know, it's kind of impactful work. Um, So I was just kind of looking generally for jobs, I didn't really mind. Um, And like I said, because I didn't have any, like, I hadn't had a proper job prior. Um, So I was just like, you know, what can I find? Um, And yeah, ended up, landing in a social mobility charity um so started in November 2020 um so like about four months after graduating which I was kind of like lucky to to be in a, in a p- position that I could get a job despite not having like you know a grad scheme lined up mm-hmm. um and yeah so in that I initially when I started it was a fixed term contract so it was only meant to be about nine to twelve months um And I was like, this is actually perfect for me because I just wanted like a year post-graduating where I could just try and like build skills, build my experience. Um, I didn't feel like I needed like the like, quote unquote, perfect job or, you know, the thing that I was going to be in for the next five years. I just, I just needed something on my CV other than like the random like work experiences I had at uni. So yeah, I did that. And then about three months in, um, they offered me like a permanent role and at first I was in an ahhing because like let's be real like we all know that charity sector doesn't pay well so (laughs) I only wanted to be there for the year because I was like I confirm like a relatively lower salary and just like get lots of experience but I still took the permanent role because it would have been dumb not to um because you know life is unpredictable so I took the role um ended up staying for about two years but we'll get more into like how that went um (laughs) But yeah, in terms of what I did, honestly, a lot of things like the charity is quite small in terms of like the employees. So it's about 70 on average, I'd say um, throughout my time there at least. So everyone is doing a lot, like really, really intense. Um, I was on their graduate scheme um, when they like offered me a permanent role they put me on their graduate scheme so part of that includes like six months rotation so I got to do like different areas of charity management which is quite cool so things like um, like stakeholder partnership management um, comms and marketing um, like tech digital stuff like so really good experience Um, and I was doing like like loads of other things which I'm not going to bore you with now because honestly the list is so long but yeah it was quite it was quite intense.
0: That actually sounds so cool girl how did I not know that you did relations? The thing (laughs) is it
1: sounds cool on like when I say it but mm, yeah the the reality is different.
0: (laughs) No it's so true you speak to so many people and you're like oh my god you do that as a job that's lit blah blah but really and truly sometimes it's not always made out to be it looks better on paper. (laughs) (laughs) but after that you're now in a new role right yeah so like how did you even how did you decide to to switch into a different sector quote-unquote or like role and yeah how did you even know what you wanted to go into after that
1: yeah so like I didn't um I still don't really know <laughs> like I think I'm like I know myself a lot and I know that like I, I'm not I'm just going to keep figuring things out um I'm not the type of person like my career isn't going to be my life like it's not going to be my passion um so I don't mind spending these next like five seven years or whatever just moving around until I find what works for me um and I think that's just kind of my motto like if I want to be at a role for two years and then move to something else, I will because like it's just life's too short. And I don't believe in like being in a place for 10 years plus and not being happy. Um, so my old job, I guess, um, I went through a lot there and obviously, as you know, and that's kind of why I'm here, I ended up taking a break, um, because, well, it's a really long story, but essentially I just wasn't really happy. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay there long-term because like I said, like I know I'm I'm quite cool I know my worth so obviously I need you know a job with a higher salary so like kind of long term I knew I couldn't be there but I definitely knew that um there was just a lot that I could gain so I wanted to like essentially milk the charity in terms of like the experience and opportunities I could get um but I definitely got to a point where I started to take a toll on my well-being um it was just really um a lot of work I just wasn't being compensated for also areas of the like I I can't say too much but there were some dodgy things that took took place and that affected me um that made me definitely want to leave and it just got to a point where I just wasn't happy um and like even when I wasn't working I was still thinking about work like just constantly anxious and I was like this just isn't the way life is meant to be you know so I started applying for jobs probably so I left my old job. It's actually, and I was gonna say this is really perfect timing for the podcast because yesterday marks one year since I left my old job. Yeah. Oh my
0: god.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so happy um,
0: ditching that shit anniversary. Thank
1: you. Thank you. <laughs> I know I should have had like a little cake or a little something to celebrate. Yeah,
0: girl, you should have.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, so in terms of like time lines, like I said, um started in November 2020 and I would say probably in like spring of 2022 is when I started actually making applications for new jobs Um, but you know as you're probably all aware the job market is tough so I was getting quite a few rejections um, which is a bit tough and I remember got to a point where I actually like had a job I was at the second interview stage and I genuinely just did not have the time to like prepare for the interview because they wanted me to like analyze a case study do a presentation all of this stuff but I was so drained from my current job like I just didn't have the energy or time to actually prepare and I ended up just not going to the interview like I didn't even email them I didn't cancel it I just literally didn't go and that's when I knew like okay like this isn't working because I'm not happy at my current job but because my current job is draining me so much I can't commit and like give my energy and effort to actually making good applications for um other jobs so I was like something needs to change and essentially I spoke to my best friend um we caught up on the phone like one week in August she was telling me how I was work literally was crying on the phone for two hours and like that's when I realized like oh I'm actually not happy like you know when you read like it was a norm like I was I was just I was used to it but um that phone call I thought it was like a watershed moment like it made me realize like I need to do something different and she like lightly mentioned suggested like taking a career break and I saw, I heard those words and I was like yeah I'm gonna do it like <laughs> literally I was like I'm gonna do it and she was like oh you know obviously you know weigh up the pros and cons take your time don't rush into it I was like no sorry babes I'm actually <laughs> doing it I think we called on Sunday and I sent I handed in my resignation letter that Friday like I did it within five days um wow. but I just knew that like that's what I needed to do because I think I I felt like my desire to leave my job was the only thing that was motivating me and I couldn't think about what I actually wanted to do so I was like you know what there's just no point in like trying to force myself to do both things so I just took the break to like firstly think about my career journey and my next steps but also to look after myself because I was like I just need to rest and like prioritize myself um so yeah I did that and yeah This is
2: honestly, hearing it is like, wow, you're actually so brave, because I think a lot of people and it sounded like you were overworked and underpaid. And I think a lot of people, especially their first jobs out of uni, that is the situation. But they're just so scared of the financial instability and just scared to take a career break at such an early stage. Like me and Ellie were even talking about this the other day um how did your parents and your other friends react to you deciding to take a career break like were you supported did you have to explain yourself and explain your
1: decision yeah so I can't like I thought I was gonna have to explain like I prepared my responses like justifications (laughs) rebuttal arguments everything but honestly generally there was so much support like I'm really really grateful like um no one like tried to discourage me from doing it and if anything like the concerns that I had were the same concerns they had and it was really just the finance part like um and I think because I had been going on for time that I wanted to leave my job that I wasn't happy so it, it didn't like it wasn't surprising um but like I knew that okay this is going to take a toll on my savings but for me like it was worth it and I think when I said it like that like everyone kind of knew that like you know this is this is the thing to do so yeah I was grateful that like I was really supported. I didn't have to fight anyone to like prove why I needed to do this.
0: No I love that I think there's so much pressure on like staying in a role and having a career and having money behind you that actually it doesn't give you time to actually think about what you want to do with your life so many people fall into a career and then they're like, well, that's it for the rest of my life then. Because that's the way life goes. It's actually shit. I'm like, oh, I love listening to you. It's really inspiring. (laughs) But on that note, what did you do in your career break? Because obviously, like, you have to think about your finances, just being an adult and having responsibilities. But at the same time, like, you worked so hard. You deserve to treat yourself and enjoy And, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So I think, so my break was from basically the first let's just say beginning of November to beginning of April um it was a five month break um I remember I told myself like the first two weeks like nothing like no thoughts nothing like not like no plans don't even think long term I just wanted to spend the first two weeks honestly just like relaxing just chilling because I think I'm like I'm a huge planner and I'm also a very anxious person so I'm constantly thinking about like what to do with my time how to make the best of my time and I I just wanted two weeks where I wasn't I wasn't th- even thinking about like the social stuff or anything like I just wanted to just go with the flow um So that's kind of how I started, which is really nice. And also, because it was this time last year, it was also like Halloween weekend as well. So like I had a lot of fun and then like Mm. I had like two weeks to just like chill and see my friends and do random things. Um and then I was like, okay, let me start thinking about like long term. And for me, I didn't have like an end date in mind either. Um, I obviously didn't want my savings to finish. I was like, this is not gonna be like a year-long break, but it's not like I was thinking, okay, I need to be in a job by you know this month. I was just like, I'm gonna go with the flow and see. and just kind of evaluate and think about what's best um <clears throat> so yeah at first um i like signed up to this like boot camp digital boot camp course um so i think it's run by like dfe the department of education and they like run a lot of um kind of like skill boot camp um courses to just help um like educate the nation um because obviously there's like a huge demand now for like people having more like tech-based and analytical um kind of skills so I did this like data boot camp course which is about 12 weeks but it spanned over Christmas so probably was like ended up being about four months in total um and it was just based on like data and like excel and just being better at that because in my old job I did like I handled a lot of data but, um, I don't know what happened but kind of post like secondary school I just had a huge fear of maths like anytime I saw numbers I just like I was like I can't do this um, and even though I was dealing with a lot of data in my old job I didn't always feel confident in what I was doing so I was like let me just do this course just to help like brush up and sharpen and tidy skills but also instill confidence in myself and like just explain things that I was doing in my old job because like I learned on the job but you know when like you learn how to do it for a particular reason but you don't really understand it fully so I was like let me actually tackle excel and try and understand this thing and then like outside of the like you know, skill staff. Like I said, one of the main reasons I wanted to take the break was also to look after myself and invest in myself um, and do things that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, So I started volunteering um, at a food bank, which um, I've always wanted to do because like the older I get, the more I'm kind of just conscious and aware and desire to like give back to like like community spaces. So finally had time to do that, which is really, really nice. Um, And I still do that today, but just not as often as before um so I would volunteer um I got back into reading which I really really like I'm happy about because yeah as a child I was I was one of those children that like lived in the library but then when I got like my first iPod or first like that very, like the books went down and it, it was a wrap um mm. and like I've been trying like in uni I tried to read but like I'm sure you guys can relate like with all of the reading that you do in your course, I didn't want to spend my spare time picking up books as well. Like I needed a break from words. So it was hard to read in uni, like beyond a couple books a year. But um, yeah, I like in in this time, like actually like got back into reading as a habit. Um, I found a really cool book club. So like they have like loads of nice events and like got to know people through that as well, which is really nice. And other just bits like here and there, like... um, I tried to pick up crocheting because yeah. um, I want to be one of those girls Um, hasn't worked but you know like literally like the yarn and everything is literally right next to me I haven't picked it up since February but the Sorry. intention is still there <laughs> and maybe one day I'll go back. I have um, a crochet <laughs> kit from Covid sitting in my bedroom. But I have a guitar from Covid that like is collecting dust and you know I believe one day I'll pick it up but anyway. <laughs> one, <laughs> any one day, one day. Yeah. yeah it was just nice because it was like whatever I wanted to try out I could like it'd be a random Tuesday at like 11am and I went to a beginner's crochet class because I could you know or like a random fitness class um going to different cafes like reading writing um walking more just like whatever it is that I wanted to do but like just being really like kind and easy on myself and not feeling I think it was just nice because I didn't feel so pressured to like do so much in my day you know when you have your nine to five sorry when you have your nine to five it's like okay I've got the weekend but then I've got live admin but then I'm seeing this person on Saturday and then this motive on Sunday and then you know I've got to make sure I get my eight hours and I was just constantly, constantly anxious about time and how I'm spending it. So the break was just really good because it meant that like I would have days where I just wouldn't do anything. I didn't feel bad about that because I didn't need to feel bad. And then there were days where like I could just decide, you know, I randomly want to go to this museum or this exhibition and I can. So yeah, it was a good time. <laughs>
2: oh sorry Fox has literally taken over my desk. <laughs> um but I was going to say I fully relate to the fear of maths like Oh my God, it's so scary to me. So I think it's so cool that you did a data course, especially because every job you go into, regardless, you will have to use data. It could be nothing financial or mathematical at all, you need to use it. So I think it's really cool that you actually, in your career break, took time to invest in your skills, but also it sounded like it was a big mental health take on of like actually looking after yourself and prioritizing that because it's so true when you're working nine to five what time if you're especially if you're commuting what time do you have to Mm -hmm. do the things that you want to do and volunteer and stuff like it takes up a lot of your your energy so Mm -hmm. it's nice that you actually got to do that and actually put your energy into things you wanted to how do you now perceive work after having taken your career break and seeing oh these are the things I love to do are you able to incorporate that into your current job and do you view workers differently to how you viewed it before?
1: Yeah um, I definitely try like obviously I don't have as much time so you know I can't do as much as before like I think um, when I wasn't like working so like I so I know I set this goal for example um to read like 15 books um this year because before I was reading like only a couple and like within the first three months of the year like I achieved it because I just had so much free time and then when I started like working again I was like okay then I started reading like you know maybe one or two books a month as opposed to like four or five um so obviously like yeah there's less time so I can't do as much but what it's um because I like build up like new hobbies or, you know, continue doing the hobbies that like I, you know, actually enjoyed. Um, I'm definitely still trying to make sure that they're a part of my life and I'm not abandoning those hobbies and or or only waiting to like, you know, the weekend or holiday to do things. So like I said, like I still try and volunteer um, on Wednesdays in the evening. Um, I don't go every week because like sometimes I'm tired, but like it's something that I know I can like do like at least like twice a month. Um, and other things like that Um, but in terms of like perception on work it's definitely I think the break was helpful because it just was a reminder or it, it might have not even been a reminder I don't think I actually fully knew but the break really like revealed to me like the importance of remembering that I am so much more than like what goes on within those like hours because like I said I had so much I was I was always anxious about work and had a lot about a lot of insecurities about my performance and if I was doing well or not and just constantly like stressed and having that break and now going back to work has been really great um because it's just now I just even if something goes wrong in work or you know if I'm really tired or if I'm really stressed or whatever's going on like I just I try to remind myself that like, okay, this this is happening now, but like I'm more than this. Like I'm not defined solely by, you know, the email that I did I accidentally like forgot to proofread or, yeah. you know, whatever mistake that I've made at work. And I will close my laptop. I'll do whatever I, I want to do in the evening. Um, that brings me joy. And I'll come back to to work the next day it is what it is, but I'm like I'm more than that and I think it, it's definitely helped to like alleviate some of those anxieties by like still having the hobbies and interests that I have throughout the week because it just it lets me see myself more holistically and think about the things outside of work that like bring me joy and I can like invest in those passions um so yeah
0: I love that do you know what? I feel like everything you say is so relatable it's so easy to look at your job and be like this defines me if I'm not, like, amazing in my job, then I'm not an amazing person. I do it all the time. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, so maybe I need a career, break. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't tempt me. Um, But with that, obviously, it was only, I say only, but, like, it was only five months, so it's not like you took out, like, years of your life. But when you went for your interviews for your new job now, did you have to say, oh, so I took five months out? Was that a topic of discussion? Do you feel like that actually, I don't know, to me, you talking about it makes me excited, it makes me feel like, you're just like a really cool person who knows what to prioritize in life. But like I don't always give you the job for it, but how mm-hmm. was it perceived in interviews and stuff like that? Or was it even brought
1: up? Yeah, so I can't I was scared as well. Um and like when I started to apply for new jobs, I was like, okay, cool, you know. I can talk about what I've done in my CV, but I had I also thought that, like, it was something that was going to be brought up. Um, I, I applied, before I got to draw, I think I applied for about four jobs. Um, I didn't get past the CV stage, so no one had to ask me that. So this job that I have is the only job that I had um, that I'd done an interview for um and they didn't ask thankfully but yeah. I had like prepared an answer anyways and I think I think it's okay it's just thinking about like there are two parts to it the first thing and the first thing was the thing that I was most scared about which is explaining why I left my old job because um yeah the, you know they're gonna ask you like you know why did you leave and I left because I didn't like here like I just wanted to do different things um so I was like okay how do I say this professionally um but you know I did kind of construct an answer um in preparation and I I think it's it's fine like at the end of the day everyone leaves a job to you know go somewhere else because you you know want to pursue a a different part of, of of your career journey so um for me it was just for that part I just knew that like I just had to say that you know, I had gained all of this at my old job, um, but I want to do X, Y, and Z, and I felt like where I was at my old job wouldn't allow that, but you guys, you know, this opportunity here will allow me to to progress in this sense, you know, connecting the dots, um, and then in terms of, like, actually explaining what you did in the break, again, that's why I wanted to make sure that, like, I just, I wasn't just, like, enjoying and chilling, because, you know i fear that they would ask me like you know 5 months have passed like what have you done um so obviously i would be able to talk about like the boot camp course and talk about the data skills and again link it i think the key with interviews is just always making that link to like the role that you're applying so like okay i left and i took a break but i did xyz and you know it's going to help me if i was offered like given this opportunity to work for, for your organisation. So luckily I didn't have to do all of that, but I did prepare an answer. So I didn't, once I did prepare, I didn't feel too nervous about talking about it.
2: This is, honestly, I'm so impressed because it's just seems like it was such a thought out process, even though at the time it sounded like you were really in the eye of the storm and it's like, I just have to quit. Like, I just can't do it. Um, But you still, were really sensible about it in taking the course and doing all of these other things and ha- then having to think about okay but what am I going to say in an interview if they ask me um so yeah I'm, I'm like really impressed usually career breaks are more associated with older people like 40 year olds 50 year olds are like right I've reached the brink of my capacity <laughs> um and it's less heard of it's, it's less heard of is that correct it's more unheard of for people our age even though I do know some people who have also done that would you recommend if someone was in your position or someone who's listening to this now and they just feel overwhelmed doing the most would you recommend people to take a career break
1: if you can 100% um I think yeah like like you said one of the the reasons I was scared is because you know, you don't hear a lot of stories about people taking career breaks. And I thought that it would like put me at a disadvantage in the long term if I did. Um, but I think it actually really, really did help me. And it was actually funny because even when I actually had this interview for this job, um, I think I at the end, like this is after the interview had finished, I just asked them like, oh, um, you know, in terms of next steps and you know, how long will it take to hear back? And they asked me, like, oh, what's your current notice period for your like your current job? And I was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm on a break. And they didn't even like know, like they just didn't care, even though it was on my C V. So I, I you know, obviously it depends on like where you're by. I can't speak for everywhere. But I don't I, I think a lot of young people probably will feel that like it will kind of put them back like you know, in their career journey because they're in the earlier stages. But I personally think, like, it's a really good time because... um you know, 5, 10 years time, 15, whatever. I don't know what position I'll be in. I don't know if I'll have dependents. I don't know if I'll have, like, you know, big, big, serious adult bills to be paying beyond just, like, my phone bill and stuff, where, like, I can't afford to, like, you know, spend so much money. Like, I was fortunate. I knew that it was going to be tough financially, but I had the savings to do so. Um, And, you know, I'm still struggling today because it ate a lot into my savings. But I, I look back and I don't regret it because... Um, I can't imagine like leaving my old job and jumping into a new job without having taken that break to like just look after myself, because I think a lot of the things that I experienced in my old job would have carried over. Um, so I needed that time. And I obviously can't like quantify the benefits that I got from taking the break. But I think those kind of wider psychological, social, mental benefits are so important. And I like have no no regrets at all. So yeah, if there is anyone that's like in a similar position, like I said, it's it's obviously down to like your own financial position. If you, I live at home, so like, you know, paying rent and stuff wasn't a thing that I had to consider. But things like that, obviously, you've got to like balance out um so like weigh up the pros and cons but i'm a huge believer in resting and i will always always advocate for for taking a break like it doesn't even have to be like a long career break but like things like you know one week of annual leave or weekend it's not always going to do it um, and a lot of us are burnt out more than we know so um i i think like where you can like just take the time to invest invest in yourself and um look after yourself really but I went the one thing I will say is, and it's something that even now I still have to remind myself, is that like taking a career break isn't gonna solve all your problems. Um like part of the reason why I took it, like I said, was because I wanted to learn more about the next steps that I want to take in my career journey and really think about like what do I want to do. So like I realised okay my skill sets align with like project management, so I want to go into that. So my current job is like kind of to do with like project management stuff, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not like entirely happy <laughs> in my current job. It's not the best thing, um, it's not the worst, but it's definitely got problems. And I remember like earlier, so I started this job in April. And like a couple months in, I was really thinking, like, what the hell did I like sign up to? Like, and I started beating myself up because I was thinking, like, girl, you took this break, you were meant to like figure it all out, learn about yourself, you know, you've lost this much money, all of this has happened. Now you're in a new job and you're still not happy. And yeah, a lot of the time, like I was I was I was like kind of beating myself up about that. But I had to remind myself, like, it's I was never gonna get the answers like I wasn't going to solve things I wasn't going to find the perfect job and that's okay like the career break wasn't meant to do that what it's done is like I said like it's much bigger than that like I can't quantify I can't even put in to like exact clear words but it's it's helped me grow a lot and develop a lot and yeah right now this job might not be the perfect fit for me but that's okay because we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep figuring things out and keep moving. And the career break was just part of that journey, but it was it was needed. Like if, like I said, if I didn't take that rest, I just don't think um I don't think I would be like as happy as I am now or like experience as much as I like have like all of the things that I currently do in my social life all of the like the goals that I've set this year I've been able to set and commit to because I had that break and that time to to work on like not work on myself it sounds so cliche but you know what I mean yeah. like just invest a bit more into myself um so it's I would say it, it's amazing but just like think about just make sure you think about like what you really want to gain from it and also don't put pressure on yourself for this break to be the thing that like solves your life like we're going to be working unfortunately for a really long time so it's like it's okay for you to not get things right and things to not be always linear and I think I just I always have to remind myself like it's a journey like It's not always gonna be like, you know, things aren't always gonna advance and and get better after each role, but there will always be something that I gain. And I think there are positives to this role that I'm grateful for. And there are things that, you know, I experienced in my old job that I don't now. So holding on to that basically.
0: I love that. I find it honestly so refreshing. Like you're not glamorizing a career break, but you're saying, I did this, it helped me in this way. And there's no need to have the perfect job. There is such this narrative is so strong that you come out of uni or whatever education path you've taken and you end up in this role and it's going to be the perfect role and you're going to climb up the career ladder and be rich. Like, it just doesn't exist. No role is perfect. I've never met anyone who says, I love my job so much. It's the best thing ever. I want to work seven days a week. It's just, it's not realistic, basically. Um, But yeah, I love that. So refreshing. In terms of like, I know when you first started, you said, yeah, you're super just I don't know how to describe it, but humble like you have these strong core values do you think now having seen because you've obviously done the NGO and now you're at your in public sector would you ever now given all of the experience you have look at private sector or are you still like never
1: <laughs> <laughs> no like I knew from, I think in 20 before uni I did like an internship at Blackrock and I did oh, wow. an internship. But this was yeah, the... <laughs> <Girl>, please <laughs> but this was in the marketing side so I wasn't even in the financial like the real asset management part and even then I was like Mm-mm. um I think I I there are just things that I value um and the corporate Well, obviously, I don't want to, like, generalise, but I guess what we think of, like, typical, like, corporate sector doesn't really um, align with that. I think the closest I could do, maybe, like, something a bit like consultancy, but, again, it would have to be, like, not the kind of, like, big four like Deloitte, EY, all of that stuff. and um, something where, you know, it's just not so hectic. Like I I really do value like a good work life balance and where I current <clears throat> where I currently work. Um they're really huge on flexibility and flexible working hours, which I'm really grateful for. And like if I'm closing my laptop, if I say I have to close my laptop at 430, I'm gonna close my laptop at 430. Like I one of my best friends, she's um she works at like corporate law. Um and it is like there are times where genuinely she'll message me at like 1am and be like, hey, I'm leaving the office. I'm in my bed. Like I'm, I'm scrolling on TikTok, and you're in your Uber home. There are things like, like yeah. it works for different people. I know myself, it's never going to work for me. Um, and on top of that, I also, at least right now where I am in my career, I know that um, for me to enjoy the work I'm doing, I need to know that it's tied to a bigger mission and, every organization has its faults I don't get me wrong nowhere is perfect charity sector isn't perfect but I want to work somewhere where like the work that they're doing like it's like producing like impactful tangible benefits on communities that need it so before I was at a social mobility charity now in um public sector I'm working in like housing um so like you know how how to make um improve the kind of housing crisis in london um and increase affordable housing so i i do think at least for the next you know for the foreseeable future i think i will still continue to look for organizations that like the work they do aligns with the the social issues that i care about even if i'm not like you know their frontline fighting tackling the issue like right now the work i do is like more behind the scenes but at least i know that like indirectly it's contributing to things that I care about so if, yeah I, I just I, it, honestly if you see me in like a law firm banking firm whatever it is just know something's gone wrong like this ain't me <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so funny to hear you say that because I work at an NGO and I'm like my next move I'm thinking, is it going to be at a corporate? Is it going to be in government? But I want to experience something different. I want more benefits as well, because okay. NGOs cannot give benefits. Like, they, they're they not for profit. They can't be giving you
1: gym access and things like that. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, you get fruit five days a week. You know? uh, yeah,
2: I think My, my oh. office does have fruit.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that. We had we had a biscuit in, in my old charity, and that was the most that they should give us. <laughs>
2: yeah I think it would to be fair we share an office space with a corporate company so it's actually their fruit but they just let us have it <laughs> but um yeah I that's kind of like I'm looking at that into next steps you're now working for government for public sector mm-hmm. how does NGO differ to working for public sector
1: so much like honestly I feel like I'm still adjusting now and I've like I've been here coming up to seven months now I think next week marks seven months and I'm still adjusting um but so I went yeah before NGO but like I said it was kind of small so it meant that it was really easy to know everyone like even though we had regional offices um like I would know like honestly I could if I saw someone on, on like teams whatever knew their name knew their role knew roughly what they do like not a problem, um, and I was able to build a lot of connections, build a lot of friendships. Where I currently work, and obviously this doesn't represent like the whole of the public sector, but where I currently work, in terms of the scale, it's crazy the difference. Um, so in like the house and directorate that i work working, there are probably I think close to 280 people in that directorate alone, and there are like six other directorates. So we're in, we're talking about the thousands, right, overall. Um, but even like within my wider team of about like 30 to 40 people I think like five people I know their name and roles like I it's so in terms of just the scale and how many people um that that, like employees there are that's that's a huge um a huge difference but I do like that because I think I think it, it depends on the type of person you are pros and cons but in my old job I liked the fact that because there weren't that many of us, it meant that everyone was doing a lot. So it was easy to like work on things and make your like mark on, on a project, if that makes sense. But it also meant there was just way too much on every single person. Like it was actually insane. Whereas here it's like there there's just a, there are there are loads of people, um, loads of people working on projects and programs. So there's a lot more support. Um, so that's one difference. Um I would also say there's just a lot of other things that I've got to be aware of that, like, just don't exist. Like, um, there's, like, this thing, like, Freedom of Information Act. So it's, like, FOI requests. And, like, any member of the public can, like, randomly request for, like, any information in, like, a public sector body. And obviously we don't have to, like, comply and give that. But that request can be made. And we do have to respond to the request. So it means, like, someone can legit, like, just um, ask for, like, the emails between me and like another colleague about a particular topic and we have to respond to that request so you're like just constantly like being wary of like the things that we publish and just like being aware like of the implications and I know that exists like everywhere but I think there's just like a lot of emphasis here on like kind of privacy and like data regulations and all of that stuff um, like just general governance um in a way that i didn't have to think about before and then just lastly like you talked about like just funding and money like char like yeah it's not for profit like they they rely on funding um from like you know government and other organizations and donations like our charity the charity that I used to work at and we would constantly be like constantly have like fundraising and campaigns and things like that um so it just meant that you know the funding wasn't really there um to support employees in like other areas um, whereas now there's so much funding where I currently work out for um, like continuous professional development and things like that so that like if I want to you know take this course or whatever it is like it's that the money is there whereas before like the money was there but like you really had to fight <laughs> you know for that case because um, it's, it's just availability of funds and, and yeah the benefits here are obviously a lot greater like pensions and things like that and um everything's just the office is nicer like (laughs) working in the charity again I worked it was a small like co-working space so they just didn't have as many um nice facilities so yeah those are some of the differences
0: I think an office actually makes such a big difference on my productivity my mood everything
1: definitely if there's natural lighting like it's a wrap I'm sorry it's I, I hate it I can't do that
0: yeah, mate, there's one office, one of our offices that we have, there's a dark corner that like no one goes to because it's so gloomy. And in the winter about 3 pm, you're just you're ready to go home. Yeah. If it was at home time. But I mean, that was lovely. I feel like we can jump into our grown-up section and round off. Unless you have any more questions, Mahi, or are we? No, ready? I think we can jump into the grown-up section. Bab. So obviously our podcast is called Grown Ups. And it's all about, yeah, growing up, becoming adults and navigating this shit show that is live. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, like, describe being a grown up in one word or one sentence. What What is
1: it? Um, so yeah, I was trying to think of my one word. Um, I'll go with a simple one. I'll just say ever changing. Um, oh. Yeah, like it i don't know i don't know how to articulate how like inconsistent adulting is um and in it's in a in a way that can be like really difficult but on the flip side it can also be really reassuring and i think that's something the older i get the more i'm trying to remind myself of that like there may be times where like like I'm just not happy I'm super stressed or you know you know when you know that like a week is coming up and there's a deadline and you know that every day you're gonna have to wake up early and whatever it is but just knowing that like you know you will overcome that and in a week's time and whatever however long time you like things will be better things will change um so just holding on to that and knowing that like how I am currently like I won't be like this in a year's time, like I think back to a year ago when I left my old job and how much has changed in this year, I think back to me when I graduated uni, like how much I've changed, I think back to me prior to uni, like that's just what adulting is. is, it's ever changing um, and um, you know change and um, like brings a lot of uncertainty and anxiety but knowing that like there is just, there is so much that, that will happen that I can't even, like, fathom right now, like, I can't imagine what I'll be like at 25, I can't imagine what I'll be like in my late 20s, and it's nice to know that, like, there are loads of things that, you know, I'm not currently happy with right now, even if that's in my career, or, like, my personal life, and things that I wish were different, but if I look back and think about who I was, like, two years ago, I would be shocked about, like, where I am now, so, like, holding on to the fact that, like, things will just keep changing um some changes you know beyond our control but some is within our control and like it's okay like it will just it will keep changing until we figure it out and there's no pressure to to have everything like done and ready um that's what, like adulting will just will change and we move with that.
2: Such a good point and I think being an adult is all about being able to adapt to those changing circumstances if you can adapt to it then you can carry on and keep thriving at what age do you feel like you actually felt like an adult like okay no I've got I can make decisions I feel like I know what's best for me etc
1: um I'd say February this year Uh, (laughs) um I think yeah like when I look back to like graduate and, and that that first year doesn't count um because lockdown like oh. that lockdown year sorry I don't include that in the records um uh, <laughs> even with like having a job and things like that I like I think I was still in such a uni mindset um and I was still just adjusting and transitioning um, and now like it's been three years since I've graduated I think taking the break has has helped me mature a lot um in terms of just understanding like what it is that I want to do as a person but also like I think I've pushed myself a lot out of my comfort zone to do things that um normally I would be too scared to do you know I'd rely on other people to do um having so much free time means that like my friends aren't available between nine to five on most days so I am just gonna go to random places and do random things you know I am gonna like join this random bowling club and make friends there and things like that um and I think being I've, I've I felt a lot of independence this year. Um, The reason why I say specifically February is because obviously I I took my break from November. But um, this year, usually I like try not to do too much with like new year resolutions because I never stick to them but I was like do you know what let me just jot down all of the things that I want to do um, and not put pressure on myself but just make a list of like all of these goals and I feel like January was honestly one of the best months I've had this year and usually January is hellish because it's just it's a terrible time of year but I had a really good January because I committed so much to, to to myself and doing things and it like really set up the year and even now that I'm working and you know I'm dealing with all of the like career struggles and problems and money's tight and you know we're back in winter and, and whatnot I think I'm still remind, reminding myself that like you know in the beginning of the year I, I set myself these goals and I was committing to my growth and I can do that and you know, even though I'm like, I might be going through like a rough period, like it's it's not long term. Um, the, the the struggles that I went through in the past, I was able to overcome. So whatever struggles I have now, like they too will pass. Um, so yeah, I felt like kind of early in the year, I really was like committing to like just looking after myself and growing and all that good stuff. So I feel like this year, like marks, like, you know, my ability to be an adult, to make decisions, to be independent, also to challenge myself and just know that like, you know, the things, the traits that I aren't I'm not too happy with, the things that I want to change, like I can change. Um and it's not gonna happen overnight, but like I am capable of doing that change. So yeah. Beautiful.
0: Girl, maybe have you ever thought about being like a motivational sweetheart? <laughs>
1: no,
0: please. <laughs> yeah. please. No. Honestly, what a humbling we're recording this on a Sunday guys, but what a humbling, refreshing Sunday. Beautiful. Um yeah. On that note, happy Monday, everyone. Have a great week. Any more? for any more from anyone else?
2: No. Just thank you, Becca, for coming on the pod. I think it's so mad. Like your voice sounds very calm, and you seem you just seem <laughs> so calm and level-headed. And I feel like I obviously I didn't know you before this, but I feel like it's very obvious that you take care of yourself, and you're just yeah it's just been really lovely to speak to you I think it would be really nice for people to get this insight because a lot of people don't know people that have gone through career breaks um so yeah thank you for giving up your time and sharing a bit of your story with us
1: no worries and thank you for inviting me like honestly and also big up you guys for actually like committing to this podcasting because I can imagine it's challenging but you've been doing it for since the beginning of the year and it's it's really great so like it's an honor to be here and yeah can't wait to listen to the rest of the episode you have
0: thank you <laughs> guys if you have anything you want to hear from us like if there's any insights like this that you want to know um or any thoughts feedback send them into grownups the podcast at gmail.com or
2: dm us at grownups the podcast Bye. thanks